if you're letting God's word shape it, I'm trying to get to their heart and help them see their sin, not just that they're outwardly not complying, but that comes from a heart that's wanting to do what I want to do. Welcome to Biblical Counseling in Action. I'm Steve Byers, and this is a podcast that addresses questions like, how do these principles penetrate every facet of local church ministry? What does it look like when biblical counseling starts to impact the youth ministry, or our ladies' Bible studies, or our men's ministries, or the way leaders function together, or the way decisions are made in the church? What does it look like in the lives of everyday church members who have been trained, or maybe who have been counseled, but now they're continuing to live out these principles in everyday life? That's what this podcast is all about. Welcome back to Biblical Counseling in Action. Today we're talking to Pastor Josh Oquin, who's one of the pastors here at Faith, and along with just many of the things that Josh does around here, oversees our winter break ministry. So Josh, thanks a lot for being with us today. Yeah, glad to be here. Hey, can you give our listeners just a little bit of background on who you are and how you fit into the mix around here? Yeah, so I've been at Faith Church really my whole existence. My dad came on staff as one of the pastoral interns the year before I was born and then transitioned to being a pastor the year I was born. And just growing up, I didn't really ever think there was anything else I wanted to do other than pursue pastoral ministry. So after going to college at Purdue, a local college around here, I entered our pastoral internship program here at Faith about three and a half years ago, and then just six months ago, jumped in onto the pastoral staff, overseeing our worship ministries, but then also having some uh, children's ministry responsibilities, including the winter break, which is what I'm talking about today. Yeah, and it's amazing around here. We just wear a lot of hats. We got a lot of things going on. We're excited about it. Jesus is building his church. We want to be right in the middle of it. Jesus works hard and fast. He keeps his promises, and, and we're glad for that. And so a lot of us do just all sorts of things. And I actually like that aspect of pastoral ministry. It's not the same thing every day. And I think where you're at right now, just in your job responsibilities, kind of illustrate that, because there's a pretty wide divergence of what it is that you're doing right now. That's right. Event planning, planning songs, meeting with people, helping with administrative children's ministry responsibilities, all sorts of ways for me to be growing in leadership and learning. So, But what we're talking about in this podcast is what does biblical counseling look like outside of the counseling room? How does it impact other aspects of ministry? And I thought that was especially true with some of the things that unfolded here with our recent winter break ministry. So I think it'd help our listeners just to understand what do we actually mean by that. Yeah, so it was probably eight or nine years ago that our church realized there was a need in the community that we were in a position to be able to meet. We realized that over the holidays, there's supposed to be a joyful time, a time where families get together, spend time together, enjoy that. But for a lot of families, particularly lower income families, either of single-parent households or families where both parents have to work, when their kids are out of school, the parents have to keep working so they don't have a place to send their kids. And and oftentimes they're having to pay for traditional childcare, paying almost as much as they're making at work, but they have to keep working in order to keep their job. And that just becomes a time of extra stress and extra pressure for many families in that demographic. And we realize at Faith, we have a lot of facilities that we're not using for other events or other ministries over the couple of weeks of the holidays. So why don't we open our doors and offer a low cost 
safe, fun, gospel-filled childcare for parents to send their kids to so that we could be a blessing to them, be ready to meet a pressing need, while also just showing them that we love them, showing them that Jesus cares about them. Yeah, it's always sad to hear about a single mom who's trying to do her best to make Christmas just a joyful time, and yet if she's got to take a bulk of her income and put it toward childcare expenses because she has to keep her job for those couple of weeks that her kids are out of school at what is probably one of the most expensive times of her year, what a sad thing. Yeah, that's right. So if we can come alongside and provide some resources that allow her to keep working without concern about what's going on with her children, a place that she can trust, and a place that the kids like to go because you know sitting around at home that gets old pretty quickly and so to have a program that's packed with fun and teaching and time with other kids with people that are loving you that's safe that just benefits the parents and it benefits the kids too doesn't it that's right it does and so we try to provide just a host of fun activities for the kids they come in we we watch movies we do crafts together our church really rallies around and provides a whole bunch of volunteers that organize games again organize crafts there's a story time where we have an engaging volunteer read a missionary story or, or just some really creative story for them we have times of teaching times of singing together We offer it at $5 per kid per day. And it's just amazing how many parents will be willing to send their kids to us at such a low cost and say, teach them whatever you want. Thank you for providing this for us. And we have just such an opportunity to share the love of Jesus with them. Yeah, and it it almost sounds like a cross between Sunday school, vacation Bible school, just a typical children's ministry program that we might have here but expanded into a full day in order to serve those children and their, and their parents. That's right. And it ends up, because of that, looking a little different in a couple of key ways from our normal children's ministries. And one is just the demographic of the kids that are there. It's so interesting how different it is from a typical Sunday morning where we have so many kids who come from wonderful Christian families who are wanting their kids to grow and teaching them. And in these cases... There are so many parents who are sending their kids here, and the kids have never even heard about Jesus. Mm. I remember there was even one child when we were teaching about Jesus who said, now, is Jesus a boy or a girl? And just, just didn't even have any understanding of biblical truth. And just having those kinds of kids here, just it creates some additional ministry opportunities that are rich, even compared to our normal children's ministry times. I mean, another way that it's different is that it's an all-day thing. Sometimes kids can be good at hiding what's going on in their hearts when they're just there for a couple of hours on a Sunday morning. But when they're there all day, it's pretty amazing how easily some of the things that are in their hearts come out to the surface when you have those disciplined types of opportunities and conversations. And that's often when it's clearest on how to get to their heart and how to show them it's really hard to obey, isn't it? Well, it's hard for all of us to obey it, and that's yeah. why we need a Savior. Yeah. And some of those conversations come up in a way that they wouldn't come up during a normal children's ministry time, because they're there all day, and mm. they can't hide it. Yeah, well, I want to talk to you more about that in a minute, but just to back up on a couple of details, when we talk about the cost, anything that we do at Faith, if there's a parent that would say, boy, I would really like to have that resource for my child, but $5 a day is too much, we would figure out some right. way to serve that right. mom. And so... Probably we would say, well, are you able to do a dollar a day? Sure. Are you able to do 50 cents a day? I think there's benefit in that kind of ministry when the parent has some kind of investment in what's being provided for them. But we're we're not going to let finances stand in the way of that. Also, I think it must be exciting to know that you're going to come into work that day 
your volunteers are going to come in to serve that day, and they might be around a child who's never heard the name of the Lord before. That's right. And there was even, and that's some of the excitement that brings our volunteers in. I know there was one, you know, longtime faithful member of Faith Church, a mom, who was bringing her kids in to serve with her. They were actually like elementary age, so the age that would be in the program with her. And she said she wanted to make it a priority to be there because that was a time that their family got to rub shoulders with unchurched people and wanting her kids to get used to interacting with and witnessing to and being a blessing to unchurched kids. And so she was excited for that ministry because she could come in and be a blessing to kids like that. Yeah, and that's such a healthy attitude for that mother to have because regrettably, there are times when a Christian parent might say, well, I want my child cloistered only around Christian children, so I want the youth group, I want the Sunday school program to not have any sort of outreach component because I don't want those kind of kids, Mm. meaning unchurched kids, unsaved, because I don't want them to rub shoulders with my children, even in an controlled environment like the kind of program that we're talking about here. That's very unfortunate, because if we're going to have an impact in the world to which the Lord has called us, we have to be able to interact with those who don't yet know the Lord. That's right. So for this mother to say, I actually want my children to come and serve in that particular environment so that they can learn the questions that unchurched children might have, they might observe some of the behaviors, might hear some of the language, But that can be a healthy thing. It can be a controlled training ground for them for the life they're going to have as adults. Yes. And so, you know, when I think how does biblical counseling principles permeate through winter break, I think one of the first ways it does is is it allows us as servants to allow God's truth to shape our lives. We're responding to the gospel and allowing it to control our actions so we're willing to go be salt and light to people around us. I even think of other servants that we've had at winter break. We had three wonderful teenagers this year who are wanting to, instead of using the holidays to self-indulge, just binge watch Netflix and play video games and just be all about themselves, they were excited to come and devote a significant portion of their holidays to spending all day loving on some kids, some unchurched kids, and they were excited to be there. And that was just an amazing way that they were letting God's truth impact their lives and control their actions, all the way up to young families, like I already talked about, serving with us, and then even to older parents whose kids are all out of the house, and now they're able to use their parenting skills again to come love on some kids and come help us out. I think one of my favorite aspects of Winter Break so far has been seeing our church family let God's Word control their lives so that they're willing to come in and serve kids and be excited about it, all the way from teenagers all the way to older parents, and that's been exciting for me to see. Can you tell us a little bit about the structure itself? How many kids were coming each day? And we had some weather issues. This is Indiana, and so it was interesting how, if I remember right, right at the beginning was one of the coldest parts of the winter so far, and even almost dangerously so. So tell us a little bit about the number of kids, about the structure, how many staff people, how many volunteers. Can you just lay that out for us? Yeah, so we have three age ranges of our different classes, a kindergarten class, first and second grade class, then a third through fifth grade class. We open our doors at 7 a.m., so that way early enough so that parents could drop their kids off and then get to work. And even some parents were coming in right at 7 to get to work on time. And then we open our doors all the way up until 6 p.m. is the latest when a parent could pick up their child. We were serving on average about 60 kids, between 50 and 60 kids per day, all three classes combined. Although, like you mentioned, there was a really cold day where with Windshow, we were negative 20, negative 30, and we only had like 13 of our 60 kids come that day. 
So that was a slow day, but mostly between 50 and 60 kids. And we try to have about four or five different servants per class, per, you know, around 20 kids per class, walking them through their different activities. And then in certain of our other activities, we have a servant leading that. So in the morning, we'll watch a movie as all the kids come in. We'll go immediately to our morning program where there'll be a time of teaching, a time of singing, and then immediately we'll head over to the community center where we'll get to use some of our facilities that we have, like an indoor play space. That's part of the kids' favorite activities of the day. We have gym time, some board game time. After lunch, we'll have another program with more teaching, more singing, and then just some other creative ways to end the day with a story time, a craft time, another gym time, and then parents will pick up usually between four and six. So we try to have it structured enough where we're just meaningfully pouring into the kids and giving them a great time through the whole day with gospel interactions all throughout it. Mm. You know, I love the fact that you guys were willing to start at 7 in the morning. Mm. Nobody likes to hear that, but you had the foresight to realize that there are many parents that have to be to work around that time. So if we're going to serve them, we're not going to structure the schedule in a way that is convenient for us. So we're going to start at 7, we're going to go all the way to 6. That's a long, long day. However, for the same reason, there are some parents that have to work later, and so if we're going to serve them, we're going to serve them with excellence. And so I I really commend you and your team for even that particular detail, I think, was very, very just sensitive to where they're coming from. And I think it screams the message to the parents, and this church gets it, that they understand the pressure I face, they understand the needs I have. They're not talking about we're going to meet needs, and so we're going to have a program from 10 to 2 and right. hope that hope your boss understands, right? I mean, right. I, And I really do appreciate that. You're a busy guy, especially around Christmas, Amen. because you've got the <laughs> Christmas musical at multiple campuses for three weeks, and then you have the Christmas Eve services, and then in God's providence, Christmas Day was on a Sunday this year. That's and so, right. We had those the privilege of all of that, and, and I appreciate that all that was done with excellence. But then to flip right into winter break ministry, that was a lot. So I appreciate you. It doing was, that. but it was rewarding. You know, as parents would walk in, as parents would leave, just to hear them express such appreciation and recognize how thankful they were for what we were doing, yeah. and how excited their kids were to come, and how it mattered to them so much that their kids were excited to come to a place where they were safe, where they were fun. It mattered so much to the parents. And then for us to be able to turn right around and invite them to our New Year's Eve event, turn right around and invite them back so their kids could come to our children's ministries that were starting back up that next Wednesday, you could tell it mattered, and that, that was rewarding. Well, and I think when a parent says thank you in that particular setting, that's a genuine thank yes, you because they sure. needed it. That They needed it. It was also interesting you mentioned that day when it got really cold. Am I thinking correctly that that was at the beginning of the program? It was, right in the first week, like day three. Yeah. Yeah. I think we had some conversation back and forth about whether we should cancel. We certainly didn't want to put our volunteers in a situation where they were endangered. But on the other hand, it's interesting what you just said. So there were 13 children there that day. My guess is those were 13 children of parents who really had to get to work. Yep, and they were thankful that we were still open that day. And when we realized the weather wasn't as bad as they were predicting and that it was going to be safe for us to drive in, at least as volunteers, the parents could decide what they wanted to do. And we decided, yeah, we've got to hold it anyway. And I remember even one of our faithful volunteers coming up to me in the middle of that day and saying, like, Josh, I know you're probably questioning whether we should have stayed open today with only 13 kids, and I just want to tell you, we made the right call. Even if there's only 13, we made the right call. 
Yeah, and you know, you're right. It was they were talking about having this huge snowstorm, right? And some other places in the country got a huge snowstorm. Yes. We got what an inch or two, less than an inch, I think. Yes. Yeah. So we weren't endangering people in deep snow. The challenge was significant cold. Yes. So it's like, okay, put one more layer on. Be sure your car is in good shape. Get on over to the church house because we've got some people to love on today. That's right. And, you know, I think there was one volunteer who said, I won't be able to come in because of the weather. And I told them, that's fine. Just let me know if you can't come in. I didn't expect as many kids. But I was so thankful that we still stayed open, thankful for the parents uh, as they came in, just showing such appreciation that we were still open that day because they had to go to work that day. And one of them said, my boss is going to be happy that you're still open. So that way she could still go to work. Well, and isn't that interesting? If employers in this town view faith as providing mm. resources that help them continue to keep That's their right. doors open in business, then that's just another way. Let your light so shine among that's men right. that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. Well, who decides whether the works are good? One of the answers is, does it meet a legitimate need? That's right. That's really, I hadn't thought about that, but that's interesting that even an employer that you might not ever meet has a different view of church and more importantly a different view of the lord as a result of the way you served one of their employees that's right that's right and praise god for that yeah great stuff you mentioned also that you said something like a child can perhaps hide what's going on in their heart if you only have them for an hour or two but during the entire day you know that works in from a different perspective too that's true for our volunteers that's true too because if we're spending an entire day with children who in some cases may not have a whole lot of discipline in their life, they may not have had much, if any, teaching, that can be challenging to the staff also. It it? can. It is pretty amazing, and we prayed for this, but it is pretty amazing how the Lord answered that prayer and brought us those kids who are hurting. If we could serve some of our own church families, that's a blessing. We did have a few kids from within within our own church. Praise God for that. Um, But it was amazing, just the number of kids from broken families, from hurting homes that maybe had never really tasted Jesus' love before that the Lord brought to us. And it's amazing how open some of the kids were about what was going on just as our servants were talking to them. As our servants would talk to them, do you have a good Christmas celebrating with mom and dad? Well, no, dad's in prison, actually. And just able to say that so casually because he knows he's not the only one. So it doesn't feel... He doesn't feel unique about it. Just sadness, how casually they can say that. Or another young lady saying, I just moved down from Chicago, but not with my dad because he was killed, but it happened when I was three, so I don't really remember, and it's okay. Again, just the number of needs within the kids who came, it certainly makes it challenging for our servants, but what an opportunity as well to maybe be one of the only bright lights for Jesus that this kid has seen up to this point in their life, and just how meaningful that can be. So that's right. That's right. It can be challenging, but we're so thankful for the challenge and the opportunities it presents. Yeah. So was there a sense in which biblical counseling was being done in winter break ministry, even though it had a different face? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And, you know, every interaction you're having with the kids, every way that you're trying to maintain order and keep kids safe, there's some philosophy that you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Either a behaviorism, I'm going to force compliance so these kids stay safe, Or if you're letting God's word shape it, I'm trying to get to their heart and help them see their sin, not just that they're outwardly not complying, but that that comes from a heart that's wanting to do what I want to do. And Jesus knows that we struggle to do what we want to do, which is why he came to die for us. I know obedience is hard. Obedience is hard for all of us. That's why you need a savior. You can't obey, in fact, until you have a relationship with Jesus. 
and there was just so many different examples of that. One young boy, it was pretty obvious that he had developed a reaction to not getting what he wanted of just flopping on the floor and (laughs) flailing around in a gym game time. He was in second place. He and one boy were last, and he got second, and he didn't get first, and he immediately flopped on the ground and just flailed around, (laughs) a little first and second grade boy, to the point where our servants couldn't do anything with him. He wouldn't comply. He wouldn't listen to anybody. A servant had to bring him out and lay him down at the desk to talk to me and the pastoral intern running the program. And again, he wouldn't talk to us, wouldn't talk to us. And eventually I had to be like, hey, man, I know it's so hard when you don't get what you want. Your emotions run high. You you just are not sure what to do, but you're going to have to learn this isn't the way to handle that. And if you know, you're not going to be able to listen to us. I'm going to have to call your mom and ask her to come take you home today. Not because we don't want you. I hope you come back tomorrow and I hope you do better, but you have to learn this is not the way to process that. And I don't know if that's got all the way to his heart where he recognized his need for a savior. But if that's a lesson that I don't have to be ruled by my desires, then hopefully, because he came back the next day and he brought a friend with him and said, hey, you better not act up. They'll send you home if you don't. (laughs) But he he knew we wanted him there. But if there's a lesson to learn, that's not how you respond when you don't get what you want. Hopefully that's at least a step. Yeah. So when we think about biblical counseling, it's not just one hour a week in an office. That's right. It can take on all sorts of different shapes and sizes. And also how important it is for people who are going to do this kind of high-intensity work with persons in our community, having biblical counseling training to prepare them for those kinds of interactions is just so crucial. Absolutely. And that came in full color with another young boy that was there. You know, one of the ways that I was prompted to go into pastoral ministry was recognizing that God's Word had answers for my own life. And so when I was young, I did struggle with crippling anxiety myself of wanting to validate every one of my words, every one of my actions, every one of my thoughts. I wanted to be perfect. And I could tell even my motivations were tainted. And that crippled me because I couldn't be perfect to where dad had to, you know, formally counsel me at the age of 10. And when I saw God's Word had answers for that, I wanted to be able to share those with others. And it was pretty amazing in God's providence. There was a third through fifth grade boy who came who struggled with crippling anxiety, and it became almost a routine every morning where after his mom would drop him off, it'd take about 10, 15 minutes to where he was wanting to come talk to Pastor Josh because he was just starting to totally work up and get get anxious about, Mm -hmm. well, what if my mom's store gets robbed today? What if There was unfortunately a child who threw up at one point during winter break, and he thought, what if I get sick? What if I throw up at winter break? What if if I'm still sick? What if my mom is not here? And and there was just, his mom was the answer for him, security, and he didn't know how to process his anxiety. So even me being able to sit down and talk with him and say, okay, well, if there was a God who loved you enough to send his son to die for you, and we believe that God has control over all things, you don't have to worry about what's going to happen today. Instead, we get to think only on what things are true. Are all those worries you just told me, are those true thoughts? That's not even true. We have no reason to think those things are going to happen. So let's think on what's true. Let's recognize even if that's bigger than you are, those anxieties, it's not bigger than God is. And if you have a God who loves you enough to die for you, you can rest in that. And now instead, how can you go think about another child today and not think about yourself, but instead go love another child? I told him, those things help me when I'm anxious. And again, I didn't, that didn't lead him right then to making a profession of faith But if seeds are planted where he sees God's word has answers on how I deal with my anxiety, and there's a God who loves me enough to die for me, I'm just praying that those seeds someday will bear fruit. But again, when you have those conversations, dealing with a kid who's struggling with crippling anxiety, there is some philosophy going to be guiding that conversation. Mm -hmm. And it's either going to be a worldly philosophy of behaviorism or just mental health issues, or it's going to be how does God's word talk about anxiety and talk about the heart. 
Because at one point he said, I have a headache and that's why I'm anxious. And I was like, well, no, that, that's not why you're anxious. There's something that you're worried is going to happen about that. There's something you're wanting that you're not sure you're going to get. That's why you're anxious. And, and able to just try to help him process through that so he doesn't have to be enslaved to anxiety, just like I experienced freedom from it as yeah. God's Word impacted me. Well, I think that it's highly likely that there are people who are involved in children's ministries of various sorts listening to this, thinking, you know what, it would help me if I received biblical counseling training for yes. the interactions I have. And there are also maybe people who have had biblical counseling training thinking, you know, I use my training for one-on-one -on -one counseling. Maybe I could volunteer for a youth ministry, a children's ministry mm. at our church, and get additional benefit and more varied benefit from the training I've already received. So Josh, thanks a lot for your time today. Thanks for your ministry here, and I wish you and your family the very best. Thanks for having me. You can check out more about our ministry at faithlafayette.org, or if you're interested in receiving biblical counseling training, go to faithlafayette.org slash conferences. You can find these presentations wherever you normally access your podcasts, and you could really help us just to get the word out by telling your friends on social media that these presentations are going to be available. Now, our hope and our prayer is that this podcast honors the Lord and is a blessing to you.